What would you say if I asked you, where is God at work right now? Some of us might question, well, is God even still at work right now? Others would say, well, God is at work, but it's in some faraway place. It's not really in our area. And then others of us would say, well, God is at work in our area, but he's not necessarily at work in my life. He's at work in other people's lives. If I could tell you where God is at work right now, would you want to know? I think most of us would say, yeah, of course I want to know where God is at work. Assuming God is at work in our world, what is the place, what if the place where God is at work was closer than you thought? Or maybe it was just different than you have imagined. Where is God at work right now? Last week we started the series called For Everyone Still, and we're looking at the letter to the Roman people or the book of Romans. And we really have two main focuses in this series. The first focus is that the good news of Jesus is for everyone still. Because for many people, the message of Jesus and the church can seem like they're just for church people. Just like tennis courts are for people who play tennis, nail salons are for people who get their nails done, so it seemed natural that the church would be for church people. However, when you read the stories of Jesus and the letters of the New Testament, nothing could be further from the truth. That Jesus didn't come for church and religious people any more than the church is for church people. So who is the church for? Who is a relationship with God for? Who is welcome to explore faith, religion, and the questions of life? We think the answer is pretty clear that Jesus is for everyone. So the first focus of this series is that the good news of Jesus is for everyone still. The second focus is that Paul insists that Jesus is accessible for everyone. That Romans was written by a guy named Paul who was a Jewish man trying to stop the movement of Christianity in the, in the days and the years following Jesus. That when Paul eventually started following Jesus, he was following Jesus in a time when most of the people following were Jewish people. So non-Jewish people, Gentiles, had quite a few obstacles to overcome. Eventually, though, the church did come to the conclusion that the church is for everyone. So Paul wrote this letter to the Christians in Rome, sort of emphasizing that same theme over and over again. However, the book of Romans can be a bit of a challenging place to start reading if you don't have some help. While it's an amazing book and has some powerful things in it, it would sort of be like for many of us picking up a molecular biology book when our background is in economics or, or something else. With that being said, though, again, it's a pretty powerful book that has some of the most memorable and tweetable phrases that really can speak to anyone. Unfortunately, for most of us, just like in the early days of the church, we have the tendency to exclude people. And unfortunately, that tendency is nothing new and has been happening in churches and religions for centuries. But I think I need a reminder, and maybe you need a reminder as well, that Jesus is accessible for everyone. So last week, we celebrated four people believing that Jesus was for them by putting their trust in him. And for the rest of us who have been following Jesus for a while, we were challenged with the fact that G the good news of Jesus is for everyone still if we bring it. Because we're messengers of the good news of Jesus with our actions, with our words, and with the lives that we live. So who do you need to bring the good news of Jesus to? Today, though, we're going to answer the question, where is God at work still? Because if God is working closer than you may have thought or differently than you may have imagined, where is God at work right now? We believe, as we're going to see in just a moment, that God is at work in everyone. That God is at work in me and God is at work in you. And just by you joining us today, no matter what you believe about Jesus, the church, um, God, it doesn't matter. We believe that just by you joining us today, it shows us that God is at work in your lives. And many times God is at work in our lives even when we are working against him. 
that saying God is at work in everyone sort of emphasizes the fact that God is not just working in some faraway place in Africa or in the Amazon or in some place without electricity, though God is at work in those places. Saying God is at work in everyone also sort of emphasizes that God is not just at work in other people's lives, answering other people's prayers, dealing with other people's health issues, or dealing with their addictions and problems, though God is at work in those people's lives as well. Because I think if we evaluated our prayers, it would sort of seem that we think that God is at work out there but God might not actually be at work in here. Because most of our prayers usually go like this, right? God change him, God change her. God change that situation or this situation. God change politics, timing, money, crime. God change things out there. Something out there, God, would you change that? And the focus of our prayers is really that, uh, the expectation of our prayers is really that something out there would change. But what if God wants to change something in us? What is he actually doing in our lives? that we believe that God is working to conform our character to reflect the character of Jesus. Now, I don't know about you, but the thought of aligning my character with the character of Jesus is a bit overwhelming. Like, it'd be one thing if we were just tweaking my character so I'd be a little bit of a better version of me or you'd be a better version of you. Like, maybe we could handle that. But that is so much lower and different than what God has in store for you. That God has so much of a, a greater plan and a greater vision for your life to align your life to reflect Jesus. That really his goal is that our lives would reflect the image of Jesus. And this sort of pushes back on a popular meme that's going around on social media that isn't completely untrue, but it's just, again, so much lower of a standard than what God wants for your life. That God wants, your, wants to transform your life to reflect not just a better version of you, God wants your life to reflect Jesus. Now, that's really sort of impossible, right? Like, even if we had more money or more time or more energy or resources, like that's just beyond our capability, right? That's just, that's just too much for us. So why would God work in you rather than around you? And, and certainly God is at work around us. That's not to say that he's not. But we know that God is at work in us every single day. And the reason is that everything around us is temporary. It's, it's not eternal. And you are more important to God than that situation, that thing, that circumstance. And so God is gonna invest in your heart and your soul that are eternal. And you can always look for him to be at work in you. So what comes to mind when you think about God working in you? Like what are the areas of your life that God might wanna work in you right now? There's a single word that Paul uses to describe the process of what God is doing in you and in me. And that word is renewing. God is renewing us. Now, what does renewal mean? Well, renewing isn't a tricky word. It basically means to make someone new again. And as we're gonna see, it's a pretty simple process. It's just a two-step two process that God's gonna take off the old and he's gonna put on the new. Uh, ladies, if you get your nails done, what is the first thing that you have done? You take off the old. You use that nail polish remover that you, you don't wanna spill on the ground because it'll just eat through the floor but it takes off the old polish and then you put on the new polish. That's a picture of renewal. Or have you ever refinished furniture? I actually haven't, I just watch YouTube videos, but I think you sand off the old and then you put on the new. My actual experience comes from repainting a farmhouse. That the first thing I had to do was to power wash and to hand scrape the paint off. And then I had to putty everything up and get everything smooth and then spray on the new paint. And renewal is taking what is old off and putting on what is new. Whether we realize it or not, God is in the process of renewing us. 
And this is quite different from the way that most of us were taught or most of us have lived that says, identify your faults and then try to do better. Because God says, you will become a better you, but I want you to become and reflect Jesus. That is my goal for you. And that's gonna require much more than just modifying your character by yourself. And so this is the process that Paul shares with the Roman Christians and he shares with us. If you wanna follow along, we're gonna be in Romans chapter 12. You can follow along in the Bible app, you can jump in the notes, or you can just follow along on the screen as well. Romans chapter 12, verse one. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, And when he says in view of God's mercy, he spent the last 11 chapters leading up to this explaining and talking about how what God has done for everyone. So with God's mercy in mind, offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. In light of the fact that God has been so merciful and so gracious to you, your true and proper response, or another way to say your logical response, is to crawl up on the altar figuratively and to say, I'm a living sacrifice. Basically to say, God, here I am. I'm all yours. I'm available to you as a living sacrifice. Now, if you're a Jesus follower and you know what God has done for you, you know that God has forgiven you through Jesus and he sacrificed for you and he's changed you and healed you. It just sort of makes sense. That is a logical response to do that. The problem is that we are a living sacrifice and we keep crawling off the altar, don't we, right? Like we, we, we want to sacrifice and give our lives to God and we feel the need to give our lives to God. But then we see someone far away and we wander off and go see them. Or we see another opportunity and we get FOMO. We get the fear of missing out and we, we leave. Or we see something else and sometimes it's a good thing even. And we walk away from sacrificing our lives for God to do something else. Paul continues on verse 2. Do not conform to the pattern of this world. Another translation says, do not copy the behavior and customs of this world. And the idea that he's sort of referring to is something you might know about in construction. If you know anything about concrete, you sort of build a form with wood and then you pour the concrete into the form. And the concrete takes the shape of the form or the mold. Uh, Or some of you like to sew or quilt. I I know uh, my mom still does. Hi mom, if you're watching. But growing up, I would see various different patterns and uh, pieces of fabric all around our house because some people use a pattern to get a copy of the fabric, to get the right size, shape, dimension, style. And Paul says, don't continue to allow yourself to be poured into a mold to reflect a shape of what the world has determined and established. Or don't let yourself be cut into a pattern of what someone in the world has determined is the pattern for life. Like don't reflect the pattern of this world because the pattern of this world says accomplishment is more important than reflecting Jesus. Fulfillment is more important than reflecting Jesus. That maybe like the character and reflecting Jesus aren't necessarily bad things, but fulfillment and accomplishment are more important and are therefore higher priorities. And so Paul tells us, do not allow your life to be poured into the same pattern or form that reflects those values. And I think most of us would agree with that. Like most of us have probably been burned by accomplishment and fulfillment. It didn't necessarily work out the way that we hoped. A thoughtful theologian, N.T. Wright, says this, we must be ready to challenge those parts where the world shouts or perhaps whispers seductively that it would be easier and better to do things that way. So in what ways do you notice yourself conforming to the pattern of this world or copying the behaviors and customs of this world? Paul continues on in verse two. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed. Another translation says, but let God 
transform you. To which some of us might say, maybe with or without the God part, yes, I want to be transformed. Like, I've committed and recommitted. I've dedicated and rededicated. I've attended meetings. I've gone to rehab. Like, I've done everything I know how to do. So Paul's going to share with us how that transformation can happen. Continuing on. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. Another way says this, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. And I thought it was by having a better plan, or I thought it was by deepening my resolve or strengthening my commitment. And Paul says, no, that might get you a better you, but if you want to reflect Christ, if you want to reflect Jesus in your life, you're going to have to do something different. And the kind of change that God wants to bring about in your life won't happen through self-help or determination or willpower. It's something much deeper than that. That's one of the things that actually distinguishes following Jesus from motivational speakers. And I'm not talking bad about motivational speakers. They're just different than following Jesus. Because for a Jesus follower, a renewed mind leads to a transformed life. A renewed mind leads to a transformed life. And unfortunately, many Jesus followers hope they can continue to live and think as the way the rest of the world thinks. And yet God says, I want to change you and your character. And the way that you think is the way that I do that. And every day of our lives, God wants to renew our minds. The only challenge is, will we work with him in that process? Or will we work against him in that process? Or will we just ignore that there even is a process and just think it's just going to happen somehow? Because doing this renewal is taking off the old attitudes and thoughts and perspectives about money and sex and relationships and family and dating and, and your view of God and church and prayer. And it's putting on God's view and perspective and and thoughts about those things. Because God wants to replace your old ways of thinking with his so that he can actually renew your mind in every arena of your life. And the reason that he wants to replace the old with the new is he wants you to start seeing as he sees. One of my favorite pastors, Andy Stanley, says this, When we see as he sees, we are more likely to do as he says. And God says, I want to transform your life, and that's by renewing your mind. And I want you to see the way that I see and think the way that I think, because then you'll be able to respond the way that I want you to respond. Continues on. Then you'll be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And he says then, because it's sort of after you begin this process with God of renewing your mind, then you'll be able to, and he says able Sort of implying that before this, before you start renewing your mind, you were not able to do this. And as you renew your mind and you're confronted with Jesus and his characteristics and and how he thought about things and what he did, this is going to start to make sense about why God asks you to do things the way that he asks you to do things. Because renewal breaks down our resistance to God's rule in our lives, which gives God greater authority and influence over our lives over time. And the thing is that many of us, when someone's instructing us, what are we doing? (laughs) We're resisting. When anyone's instructing, we're sort of resisting. Because how many of us like to be told what to do? Even those of us who are okay with the shelter and order place, we don't necessarily want it to go on this long, right? We don't want to be told this long to stay at home. And isn't it strange that when I think about taking out the trash, it's not an issue. But as soon as my wife, Kimberly, asks me to take out the trash, something in me resists. What is that thing in us? And not only do I not like someone telling me what to do, but many people don't like an invisible God telling them how to run 
their lives. And like you, I naturally resist the will of God. And Paul says that by renewing your mind, it breaks down your resistance to God in your life. And if you're a parent, you've seen this a hundred times. And if you're an older sibling, you've seen this with your younger siblings. You look at your child or you look at your younger sibling and and younger um, brother or sister, and you look at them and think what they're about to do and the decision they're about to to make is not going to work out for them. It's just going to be a disaster. It's just going to not work out at all. And you, you, you look at them and say, don't do that and stop. Don't, don't, don't. And they look at you and say, why, why, why? And in trying to explain why to them and trying to explain to them, you're basically saying, if you only had my perspective on this relationship, if you could see this situation the way that I see this situation, you would do what I'm asking you to do. If only you had my eyes and my perspective and you could look for my maturity level and all those different things, then you would be more willing and you wouldn't resist the influence of my life, of, of my advice in your life. And maybe some of you have had friends who are about ready to make a terrible financial decision or parenting or marriage or whatever decision and you look at them and think, it's just so clear to me. If only they could see things the way that I see things, they would make the right decision. They wouldn't be so resistant to my advice. Now as humans, we get this wrong occasionally, right? But it's as if God is saying, transformation in your life can happen if you will learn to see as I see and think as I think. If you will renew your mind, allowing me to take the old ways of thinking, the old behaviors, the old patterns and ways of living, and then I will give you the new ways and my thoughts and my attitudes and my perspective so that you will learn to see the way that I see and then you will be able to do as I do. A few years ago, um, I would get upset when I saw new dents or scratches on our kitchen table. And our kitchen table was the first thing that my wife and I bought when we were married. We were still in college and it was not necessarily a nice, expensive table, but it was our first thing that we actually purchased and it was brand new and somebody didn't give it to us. And so when I'd come home or I'd sit down at the dinner table and my kids would be there, my kids were really young at the time and they'd be banging their forks and their plates and their spoons and their silverware and all that stuff. And I would just see the new dent and I would get mad. Many times I would get mad and frustrated. And then one time I was about to get frustrated and get mad. And all of a sudden this thought hit me. One day you will look back on this and you will wish that there were kids to make more dents. Or you will wish that there were kids that were willing to have dinner with you and sit at this table with you. And in that moment, something changed. It wasn't the circumstances around because the next time that we had meals, uh, a meal, my kids were running and excited and they were banging things and stomping things. The circumstances didn't change. Something changed inside of me. And in that moment, I saw that thing differently. And in that moment, I saw my relationships a little bit differently as well. And in seeing that differently, my attitude changed and my behavior changed as well. Simply because of a change in how I thought about something. Now, in that moment, it wasn't like, I'm going to have a better attitude and I'm not going to get mad as I slam the cabinet door. Like, that, didn't, that wasn't going to work. And, and we try to control it, right? We try to control it and make ourselves better. And that would be how Chris would make a better Chris. But that's not how Chris reflects Jesus. And do you know what God is trying to do in your life? He's trying to take away those old ways of thinking about your wife or your husband. And he's wanting to give you the new way that he sees him or he sees her. He's trying to change the way that we think about money and thinking about that we own it and it's ours to possess to help us thinking about it's a temporary thing that we're just managing. He's wanting to to talk about authority as we're going to talk about in the next few weeks. Maybe he's wanting to have us look at our parents or our boss or those in government 
and see them as an authority that he wants us to learn something from. To which many of you might ask, have you seen or met my parents? <laughs> have you seen who's elected in the government right now? Like, no. And I'm not going to argue with that. But our point for today is everyone's life can be transformed by renewing our minds. And by renewing our minds, there's really a couple ways that we can do that. There's probably quite a few, but I'm going to focus on two ways that some of us might need to renew our minds. The first one is, for many of us, we need to prioritize Sunday for church. And for some of us, we grew up and that was over-prioritized. Like you had to go to church Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday, Friday, a few other times in between. And that's not a thing because it was more of a a checklist to do that would somehow make you right with God. And, And that's not the purpose of it. But Sunday and church is an opportunity for God to renew our minds through the scripture, through the message, through the singing, or through interacting and chatting with other Jesus followers. So some of us, we need to prioritize Sunday for church. Others of us, maybe we need to be careful and intentional about what comes into our heart and into our mind. And maybe we need to ask some questions. Is this something that reflects God's values or this world's values? Is this putting on something old or is this putting on something new? And are you regularly learning and listening to Jesus's words for you and the way that he lived through the Bible and through prayer and through other Jesus followers because everyone's life can be transformed by the renewing of our minds. So as we wrap up, I want to look back at the last verse that we just read that some of you may have objected to and I want to talk about that. Um, Last verse, then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. And you might say God's will is not good, it's not pleasing, and it's imperfect. And I'm not going to disagree with you or argue with you right now. All that I would tell you is keep listening and watching. Because probably right now there's someone else watching right now who would have agreed with you a year ago or five years ago or a different life ago. They would have said, I didn't understand why God said some things or why Jesus said do things this way. I didn't understand it. But eventually I saw my resistance to doing what God said decrease. My resistance eventually went down and I started to do things the way that God wanted me to do things. And now I can see that it is good. It is pleasing and it really is perfect. And I wouldn't have said that six months ago, a year ago, but God has changed something in me. And I think for some of us, God might want us to focus on renewing our minds. And this won't happen quickly, but over time, God can transform and change us. Because renewing our minds is something that God can do for everyone. Let me pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are willing to go through this process of renewing and transforming us. That you don't just leave us the way that we were. That God, you want to make our lives better and you want to make our lives look more like you. So God, in those moments where we think we just should become a better version of us or we should just get a little bit better, would you help us remember that you want us to reflect Jesus? You don't want us to just be a little bit better. You want us to be like Jesus. And that is our standard. And so God, would you continue to push us and pull us and encourage us and challenge us where we need those things? That God, you would help us to think about the ways that you could renew our minds. And maybe that's through church on Sunday. Maybe that's through reading the Bible more. Maybe that's through praying. Or maybe that's through getting in a life group and hearing about how other people view their faith. Whatever that might be, God, would you give us the wisdom to know what that is? And then, God, would you give us the courage to actually do it? That by by reading these things, by listening, by hearing, 
that God, you would renew our minds and that you would transform our lives, that we would look more like Jesus. Thank you that you offer this for everyone. No matter where people might be in their faith journey right now, you want to help renew their minds and transform their lives. Would you please help them to see that today? And would you help them to take a step towards that? Thank you that you really are for everyone. And it's in Jesus' name we pray.